Okay, I'm excited to welcome the fairly new president of the Illinois State Bar Association on this show for the first time, Rory Weiler, who's also a family law attorney, joins us. And Rory, congratulations. Thanks for hopping on with us today. Well, thanks for the invitation, John. And, and of course, it's a great honor to represent uh, ISBA's 28,000-plus lawyers. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you went to NIU and then you went to University of Chicago Law School. So you're uh, you're you're long well known in the area. Well, yeah, I've been practicing for about 43 years now. Uh, I started so long ago that it was called the John Marshall Law School back in the day. <laughs> um, but my uh, uh, my practice is uh, devoted solely to uh, I shouldn't say my practice, our practice. Uh, I have a son and a partner and an associate. But uh, we do uh, family law and, and, and nothing but family law. So uh, we're a one-trick pony, but it's a pretty good trick. <laughs> yeah, it's an important one. You're often dealing with some of the most emotional things that people have to go through. And family law is a lot more than uh, the one trick of divorce. There's so many other things that have to do with family law, which I do want to dive into. But I first just, you know, we, we say Illinois State Bar Association all the time on this show. And I just like to remind people who you guys are and what you do. So and, you know, I know you represent a lot of lawyers and you help a lot of lawyers out, but this permeates down to everyday folks here in Illinois, too, right? Well, it sure does. I mean, we have uh, we're very, very actively involved with our partners in the legal aid community. Our members are out there providing uh, pro bono services through uh, the various providers. We have uh, established uh, an initiative to bring uh, lawyers and legal services to underserved communities. Uh, We started in the uh, rural areas of our state with what we call the Rural Practice Initiative. And uh, based on the success of that, we're going to expand uh, that initiative into the uh, underserved communities in the urban areas of our state, uh, starting downstate in the larger cities, Peoria, uh, East St. Louis, Belleville, etc. But the idea is to uh, afford uh, the public access to a lawyer uh, when they need one. And we find that more and more these days, folks are choosing to go on un- unrepresented uh, because they think that they can't afford a lawyer. And uh, one of the missions of ISBA and our members is to, uh, is to let people know that there are opportunities and options available to them, uh, no matter what their, uh, their income uh, level might be. I think that's such a noble cause, an important one in in terms of how our fabric of our justice system and society holds together and an important part moving forward. I I think we all would love to, uh, you know, quote that justice is blind and equal uh, application of law across all. But if someone is representing themselves in court and they haven't studied this thing, there's a a good chance they're not going to get an outcome that they want, an outcome that they more than likely deserve, right? I mean, lawyers help connect the dots and help inform people of the best practices and decisions to get them the best possible outcome. And when they represent themselves, 99 times out of 100, probably more than that, they're not going to get that. Well, that's true. And, and of course, uh, our, our judiciary and our judges at the local level are great. Of they, course. They try to the extent that they, they can, because obviously there are ethical constraints that prevent them from giving non-represented or self-represented, rather, litigants uh, legal advice. But, but if we can, and we have, uh, we have worked with our Supreme Court to uh, uh, to put some uh, uh, legal forms online that, mm-hmm. that folks can access, uh, and, and we are, as I said, constantly working 
toward, uh, you know, making um, uh, lawyers available at a fee that people can afford. We have a lawyer referral service through the Illinois State Bar Association that many folks take advantage of. And quite often, uh, especially when people are injured through, uh, uh, you know, the acts of uh, others, they don't realize that you don't you don't need any money to hire a lawyer uh, in the vast majority of those cases where someone else has injured you or a loved one um, uh, wrongfully. Um, uh, there, there are many, many, many uh, 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 lawyers who are available to meet with you and work with you. And, uh, and really, if, uh, uh, if there's no recovery, they don't receive a fee. So right. yeah, we've, we, people to know that. We have a lot of great personal injury lawyers that come on this program, and we always get a few texts from people. You know, you know, there's a reputation maybe out there about personal injury lawyers and 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 what they what they end up making. But we always point to the fact that you're coming to them on their worst day, and that they're, they're taking the case. And if they if they don't win, they don't get anything. They're in your they're in your court, right? They're they're helping you out, and it, of course they deserve to be compensated for that as well. I think it's just a we're just trying to challenge the misnomer out there. And uh, I, I, there's so many great personal injury lawyers who really have a passion for it, and they are part of the Illinois State Bar Association. I love when they come on the show to try and dispel some of those issues. And, you know, we often talk about on the show with lawyers about, oh, we've all heard the bad lawyer jokes, and we've all heard the lawyer jokes in general, and we can all chuckle at them, but lawyers play such an important part in the fabric of of who we are and what our country means. And I guess it's fine to jest at it as long as at the end of the day, people realize the, the important function that lawyers play well and, and yeah i mean as lawyers we've all heard the jokes and you know i don't know too many thin-skinned lawyers so uh, <laughs> it, it's not the jokes uh it, but but what it is uh, you know frankly john it's a matter of uh of educating the public i mean the lawyers uh first of all lawyers created this country for the most part and, yep. and secondly lawyers are the defenders of the rule of law uh we the lawyers are the folks who are out there uh, representing, uh, you know, those folks who most need representation. Uh, as lawyers, it, it's our responsibility to give voices to people whose society will not hear. Uh, that's our job. And, and, and if I may say, I think we do an exceptional, an exceptional job of it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know too many lawyers that care about lawyer jokes. I, <laughs> I know a lot of lawyers that are, you know, that care about their clients and seeing to it that, uh, in, in, in some measure, justice being somewhat of a uh, an amorphous concept, but but what we want is we want everyone to be treated fairly, and for everyone to have their their day in court. Yeah, um, and and that's that's our job. Yeah, usually when I go to commercial break, they've got a new one for me, so uh, a new joke for me, so they everyone's a part of it. So, um, well, I might want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, right. You mentioned the Illinois Lawyer Finder, which is on the website ISB.org, and um, boy, what a great resource! And when I open that up and start to you know look through it, I, I become immediately more aware of how many things you do need a lawyer. And I get a lot of calls here, and we get people wondering, do I need a lawyer from this? And if you're already asking that question, there's a good chance you do. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you're asking that question, uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, because, it, you know, clearly if, if I have a toothache, uh, I'm not going to sit here and ponder, should I go to the dentist and get it taken care of? Um, that, 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 that's what professionals are there for. And, and certainly that's the role that uh, the lawyers play in, in, in our society. 
For sure. As I look at the categories, business, consumer law, criminal defense, education, schooling, immigration, labor, employment. I mean, it goes on and on. And I guess that's, you know, one of the benefits of having this website, ISPA.org, and then this uh, find a lawyer, you can hit the button and look. But if nothing else, it's not a bad thing for everyone to look at even the different cases that lawyers take on, because I think a lot of us do things without lawyers and end up with results that could have been a lot better if we had them. So even if it's not something that pertains to you immediately, look at the list because you may be surprised to find out what a lawyer can do to help you. Well, and, and again, as I said, it's surprising how uh, affordable uh, you know a visit with a lawyer or lawyer services can be. We have opportunities under our rules now to provide what's called limited scope representation, which generally means you may have a problem that uh, that requires uh, an attorney's input to uh, to secure some resolution or a partial resolution, but who who can guide you through the rest of it. Um, and, and that that is a very very underused but very affordable way of uh, accessing legal advice and legal services. For sure. And I, I just looked through these lists and we've had lawyers on on this program over the past. Well, it's just been about a year and a month now since we started last July. And we've kind of checked all these boxes. And it's interesting to me. I'm always wondering, oh, this seems a little bit more niche or something that is uh, it's not going to it maybe doesn't impact as many people. And I am proven wrong every time on this show by the number of callers we have that have questions about things that I didn't consider. And it just goes to show that, you know, everyday Illinoisans, and other listeners in other states, we're dealing with a lot of things in our lives and everyone has that one thing that is important to them or that they've been impacted by. And uh, it just goes to show the uh, how, how broad a lawyer's reaches are. Well, I, and I, not only do I concur, but I can, I can say that I'm a lawyer and, uh, you know, it doesn't happen daily, but it happens frequently where I go, wow, that, that, that's a legal issue? I didn't... I didn't even know that that particular law or regulation existed. So, yeah. uh, you know, in a, in a country of our size and in a state of our size, uh, believe me, uh, it, it's amazing uh, what what issues can come up that require uh, a lawyer's uh, time and, and, and services. Well, let's just say that since before the show started, my entire uh, experience in the law world was uh, what I saw on TV <laughs> or on the movies. I think that's where a lot of people approach like what law is, and the reality is, for the most part, it's way more boring. No offense, uh, but it's, uh, well, it's yeah. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but, please but, do. Yeah, bore, it, it is. It, it, yeah, it, it's a lot less exciting. It's a lot more boring, and uh, frankly, it's a lot more real. Uh, my, my, my wife is a, a great, uh, a great fan of legal uh, dramas and I, I simply can't watch them because I sit there and go, Oh, that would never happen. Oh no, no. What, what about an objection? Uh, you know, <laughs> you just have to, you know, as lawyers, we, we, I don't think you find too many lawyers that watch those shows. But, right, yeah. right. No, I'm the same way about any show about radio or TV or anything like that. I'm like, that's not how we do it. Um, I, we got about three minutes before the news. We're going to get to the uh, family law stuff after the news break, but I just want to give you a chance to talk about what your goals are here for this next year uh, as president of the Illinois State Bar Association. Well, first and foremost, as I mentioned, uh, we, we need to uh, focus our attention on access to justice issues and reducing the number of self-represented litigants in our in our courtrooms. Uh, and part and parcel of doing that is, is us coming up with programming 
that, like our rural practice initiative, that's going to pair lawyers uh, with uh, either existing practices or with communities that need lawyers in them. Um, the the uh, the need is overwhelming, and it's it's a uh, project that is near and dear to my heart. Part and parcel of that is going to be to work with our partners and the other bar associations. You know, Chicago Bar, of course, is a large association, and there are others throughout the state uh, to uh, come together with our legal aid providers and um, and, and address this very pressing issue. I also plan on, uh, when the opportunity presents itself, uh, getting to our elected officials and urging them to increase the funding for the Legal Services Corporation, which is the primary funder of um, legal aid services throughout the country. Um, So uh, those are a couple of big things. The other uh, item that is always on every president's agenda, of course, is being able to increase and enhance the services for our members. Um, we're all fighting for dues dollars, and we understand that, uh, you know, every dollar is precious, and, and, and people aren't going to keep paying you unless you're providing them with, uh, with the services that they think are, are uh, of value for the dues dollar. Do some of those services and, and help you provide uh, also extend to maybe law students that are currently in that? Do you try and establish those relationships as someone is even entering the process of becoming a lawyer? Uh, absolutely. In fact, I'll be out in DeKalb talking to uh, the incoming class of 1Ls uh, this upcoming week. And uh, I think, my, uh, speaking for me and, and, and the other officers, uh, getting back into the law schools and rebuilding the bonds with the law school deans uh, and, and letting the students know not just what the practice is about, but what ISBA can do for them. Uh, when they become practicing lawyers, is a very important issue for us. For sure. All right, Rory, we're going to put you on hold, but we're just starting our conversation. After the news, we're going to chat a little bit more about your firm, uh, Weiler and Langle. Am I saying that right, by the way, Weiler and Langle? Yes. That, you, All right. That's it. And it's W-E-I-L-E-R-L-E-N-G-L-E.com if you're interested in reaching out. We'll get into all of that coming up uh, on a Let's Get Legal powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. This is Let's Get Legal. It's powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. We've got the president of the ISBA on the line right now, Rory Weiler. And Rory, you're a family law attorney. In a, Well, that's your main job. I imagine ISBA is something that you have to uh, fit into the rest of your work schedule, which I imagine is busy. Why family law? Is that always what you uh, had your mindset on, or did you get into it and, and fall in love with it? What, what what led you to that? Well, it was somewhat of an acquired taste. I, I originally thought when I got out of law school, I'd like to be a criminal defense attorney um, until I met my first criminal. And um, <laughs> I, I told the partner I was working with, this guy belongs in jail. And he said, that's not our job. <laughs> I said, I need to be thinking about a different job. But, right. Uh, no, I, I started working in a small uh, farming community, Elburn, Illinois, about uh-huh. 50 miles west of the city. And the uh, gentleman I was working for at the time had a fair amount of family law uh, practice, but uh, he became a judge. I took over the firm, and the long story short is uh, the more and more family law cases I did or had, the more I uh, was preferred and took on and uh, it sort of became uh, a situation where I, I didn't have time to do anything else but. So having developed some modicum of uh, of uh, experience and expertise, I figured I would uh, 
you know, concentrate my efforts in that field. And it, it's worked out obviously very well for, uh, for me and I am, you know, for 43 years and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I imagine that, um, obviously these are very difficult and emotional cases. Maybe some of the most emotional cases happen in family law. Not all of them, but they all, especially if they involve kids, that's an issue or businesses, that's a problem or, uh, something you have to solve and, and deal with. And there's a lot of back and forth. But at the end of the day, you're trying to solve problems for people and give them, you know, new opportunities to move on and be happy. And, and the end must be a rewarding part and kind of your guiding post to why you do what you do. Well, that, that's where, you know, a, a lot of the satisfaction in, in our practice uh, doing divorce and family law comes from. It's, it's you get people at the worst, you know, li- literally, it's like a death. It's the death of, you know, a marriage uh, and, and they're grieving. And it's one of the worst times, if not the worst time of their entire lives. And you have an opportunity to kind of shepherd them through the system and, and uh, you know, it, it takes a great deal of uh, empathy and, and uh, compassion. And, and obviously, I, I think we have that because after 43 years, we're still doing it and people are still uh, calling. So, um, yeah, but, but that, that's where the satisfaction comes from, really. I've talked to a lot of family law lawyers who I think that you guys, after a certain amount of time, deserve a, psych- a psychology degree or something along those lines, because <laughs> you you have, I mean, really, you're dealing with such emotions that you you end up being, I don't want to say a shoulder to cry on, but in many ways, you have to do a lot of listening and helping people through it. I know you're not giving relationship advice per se, but you are navigating them through a world and you've seen a lot of it. So there almost becomes this, you, you're, you, you're, you're the expert on, on difficult situations. And I'm sure you have developed a skill in talking to people and, and, and expressing that empathy and sympathy and trying to get them along that journey. Well, and, and, you know, really, it, most people just want somebody to, to listen to them. Um, and it's worked very well for me. And I think my colleagues, uh, and obviously I've got many successful colleagues, you know, if you're a good listener and you give people the opportunity to tell you, you know, and not just what their story is, but, but why their story is what it is, how they feel, why they feel that way. Um, you know, being able to listen and, and to empathize with people and to show them a, you know, a little compassion, especially in today's world, um, it, it, it's it's really, you know, appreciated. And, and I'm constantly amazed at how infrequently it happens. But, yeah. um, you know, that, that's that's what we try to do. Uh, and and uh, that's the approach that uh, that we take. We, 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 you know, these aren't our divorces. Uh, these are right. our clients' divorces. And we tell them right up front, you know, you're in control here. We're, we're here to help you. But, you know, we have the easy part. We just have to tell you what the law is and give you advice. The hard part is having to make decisions. And right. um, that's, um, well, as I said, that's uh, it's kind of a, a philosophy of practice. It seems to have worked well for us. In all this time, has the family law landscape changed a bunch, or are we still dealing with very much the same issues we've always had to deal with and just kind of maybe the methodology or the difficulty in certain cases, uh, th- those have been consistent throughout? Like, I-, I-, I talk to family lawyers all the time about how, like, finding assets, is it harder now? I mean, are pe- more people hiding money in cryptocurrency? Like, what has changed <laughs> over these years, right? Well, it, yeah, it's... it's uh, it- 
the technologies in the in the um, uh, the mechanics, those things change. The laws certainly change. But but the one the, the one thing that hasn't changed that's remained the same probably since you know um, then since Adam and Eve first got together <laughs> is that there's an emotional backdrop that no matter what what uh, you know year or era or generation you're in remains the same. As I said, I'm kind of spanning now 43 years of practice, so. You know, is the practice the same as it was when I started? No. Are the laws the same? No. Um, the laws have changed dramatically, even within the last five or six years. Uh, but, 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 you know, the approach, the human element, is is uh, pretty much uh, pretty much the same. It's just what? that people have more access to electronics now, so they can, you know, you hear yes. from them more frequently. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know quite how to take that, but I think I do. Um, I, you know, you mentioned the laws that have changed, including big ones, and I'm kind of naive on the subject, but I know we're like a no-fault state here in Illinois. Is that one of the laws you're referring to that has changed, or is it different, or is it all sorts of things? Well, actually, that changed 20 years or so oh, okay. ago. It, it did recently change back in 17, but not, not so dramatically that it made because it's still pretty much a no-fault state. But but what we've done, and, and I don't know um, really if I think this is a good idea or a bad idea, but what we've done is, is uh, when I say we, I mean the state legislature and a, a, uh, in, in writing up the laws and so forth, we've come up with a lot of formulas, and we've come up with a lot of, um, uh, you know, we, we've taken some of the lawyering out of, of divorce work, which Interesting. on some level is a good thing. Um, for instance, child support and maintenance. Uh, when I first started, uh, every every courthouse or every uh, circuit I went into, rather, would have their own little um, chart as to you know what's the income. Okay, here's what child support is. Blah blah blah. Um, now we have statewide guidelines that cover child support. So if if you're uh, you know someone who's making under a half a million dollars a year. You know, obviously, that that covers a lot of ground as far as people goes. <laughs> Most it's of us, yeah. Much a computer, yeah. It's a it, it it's a computer generated outcome. What's your income? What's uh, your spouse's income? How many kids? And uh, out comes the result. Hmm. So um, that part of it, I as I said, it's it's taken some of the lawyering out of it, which I think in a lot of cases is a good thing. For sure. Hey, uh, we still have a few more minutes, uh, Rory, but I want to put you on hold because I do have a couple more questions. If you don't mind sticking around a little longer, is that okay? Sure. Absolutely. Love it. Great. The president of the Illinois State Bar Association and family law attorney, Rory Weiler, and I will give out his website, weilerlangle.com. That's W-E-I-L-E-R-L-E-N-G-L-E.com. These are free plugs for someone coming on here to chat about these things. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll get more here on Let's Get Legal. All right, Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. We've got the president of the ISBA. He's a family law attorney, Rory Weiler. All right, Rory, I, you know, when we were in the pandemic and we we're filling time here on the radio. We got a bunch of stories of people saying, oh, man, the divorce rate's going to go through the roof after the pandemic's over because so many people have to hang out a lot longer than they thought they would together. Did that end up happening in your world or was that just uh, something that we prognosticated or thought would happen that never manifested itself? Well, I, actually, I don't know that it increased dramatically. Uh, we noticed an increase in activity at in our firm. 
But principally, I think that the effect of the pandemic was that, you know, people who might have been thinking, you know, I'm going to stay in this for the kids, which is a pretty common, uh, uh, you know, thought, sadly, because uh, it doesn't benefit the kids. But anyhow, right. you know, I, I think it was more of a cathartic event for people saying, you know what, I'm not waiting. I got to I have to make a move. So while I think there might have been a slight uptick in the divorce rate, I wouldn't say it was the kind of uh, deluge. And I was one of them. I, I mean, I, I thought, oh, you know, this is <laughs> people are going to be going uh, crazy to get out of marriages. But as I said, there was a slight uptick, which I would say right now is probably settled back. You know, yeah. sadly, we're in the high 40s, 47, 48% of all marriages end in divorce. Wow. And, I, I thought um, that number had come down further than that. But I, I mean, you would know. It, it 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 has come down a little, but it, it's still in that that very high range. And one of the reasons it's come down, quite honestly, is that a lot of people people are waiting longer to get married, and uh-huh. a lot of people simply aren't getting married. But right. not getting married if you're going to complicate your life and have children or you know buy things together and so forth and so on. I mean that you, you still need a lawyer because now we're talking about uh, a uh, a parentage case instead yeah. of a divorce. Yeah, I, I, we've done we've done stories and had people on about uh, cohabitation going up, and you know that's you know that's people's choice to do that, but it really doesn't provide anyone any legal security in many ways unless you drop some sort of contract in some way. But uh, I, I did want to ask about um, you know maybe maybe advice is the wrong word, but you know you mentioned that forty seven forty eight percent. Of course, no one gets married thinking they're going to get divorced. Is there things that people can be doing even if they're in the happiest of marriages that and that may actually strengthen a marriage but things that people can do not to prepare for what if things happen but just things that people can do smartly in the in case something bad were to happen down the line like is there conversations that spouses should be having together that are going to make that process easier should it ever come to it well i i think the easiest way to avoid a divorce is to uh, communicate with your with your your spouse your significant other um, I, I mean, if you're not talking to each other, um, that, 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 that's going to be, that's going to create problems. And the less communication you have, the more likely it is that you're going to end up talking to me or one of my colleagues about a divorce or some other form of family law release. I mean, should we know like each other's finances? Like, should we know passwords to logins to accounts? Like, I, I mean, I know that's not not necessarily for you to determine everything that we do in our own lives and relationships. But does that make things at least a little bit more so that everyone knows what the situation is? Because I just hear all the time that finances and spending or whatever it is ends up being such a controversial thing for people. Well, it, you, it, when it comes to that, you're talking to somebody who's been married for 47 years. So <laughs> at this point, my wife and I have very few secrets. Yes, true, 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 true. <laughs> uh, but but, but I, I think it's just a matter of good economic planning for, uh, you know, if you're not intimately involved with your spouse's financial situation, which in my world is, is a red flag, I mean, if somebody doesn't want you to know what's going on in his or her life financially, that that reflects to me, well, a, a lot of things, but it, it reflects a significant problem in the relationship. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to be sharing that information, you certainly ought to have some vehicle in place that, you know, if something happens to me, look at this. Um, right. So that, you know, there is some uh, ability uh, to, to dig through that, 
that stuff should the need arise. Uh, right. But, uh, you know, you mentioned cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and all that a little earlier. It's a much more complicated economic world than it was even 10 years ago. Right. So I think that a, a good marriage is built on a foundation of mutual trust, and, and that involves sharing and communicating. And it also happens, this, it's also a good thing if you happen to enjoy the company, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good box Sometimes to check the kids there. Grow up and they leave, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you should like the other person. That's a good good advice here from uh, Roy, yeah. Rory, the president of the Illinois State Bar Association. Uh, one other thing I want to ask about: I know it's always uh, a topic that you guys, I'm sure, are diving through is allocation of parental rights and responsibilities or child custody visitation. I know the landscape has changed. Look, I mean, so many more marriages involve two people working equally. Women are breadwinners often as much as men are, maybe not as often, but more so than there used to be. Um, and of course, there's same-sex couples as well. So I, I just, has that world changed in terms of the implication that the mother would get the vast majority of the time with the kids and not the father? I mean, like, that's an old, you know, adage. It's like, uh, dad on the weekends. Is that world right. changing a little bit? Yeah, it has. Um, actually, uh, I, I mean, it's a slow process because there are still a significant amount of, I, I hate to use the word traditional, but, but right. uh, it, it, that, that, you know, dad went to work and mom stayed home kind of family. But, but you're right. In today's society and in today's culture, um, it's, it's hard for folks to get by with just one, one person earning the, uh, all the income. So I, I think the courts are becoming more and more adaptive. To the unique situations that we see, uh, you know, maybe mom's the breadwinner, uh, and, and, but maybe mom's the one who's at home during the day with the kids because she's working remotely, right? Uh, or vice versa. Um, so the the thing that I encourage people to do always, and I always tell my clients this, is you know, it's not about what the standard or normal. Uh, allocation of uh, rights and responsibilities situation is. What works best for you and your family? Tell me what you've been doing before the, you know, there were problems in the marriage. And let's try to fashion an arrangement that first and foremost, in my mind, and maybe this is my, you know, grandfather voice speaking, but always in my cases, what's best for those kids? You know, the kids are the ones that really get torn apart in the divorce. And right. um, I'm always mindful that while I have a client to represent, I also have an obligation morally to uh, to try to steer people in the direction to do what's right for their kids. Absolutely, yeah, that's great advice, and I think that's a, I think that's something that probably both parents understand, right? And they want to be a part of that too. And when you can remind people what the main focus is, it can calibrate conversations a little bit differently. All right, just one more minute left, Roy. I just want to ask you, you know, a lot of people out there fear getting a divorce. They feel like it's going to be the messiest thing in the world. And it might be, right? There might be real big complications. But there are situations where, especially with there's mutual respect, there can be cleaner divorces today than maybe people think, right? Absolutely. Collaborative divorce uh, is a uh, is a growing field where the parties sit down and try to work through things with a variety of professionals to do what's right for them and for their family. Uh, mediation is a uh, is, is mandated in some situations, but it's becoming more and more common um, as access to the courts becomes more and more difficult. So alternative dispute resolution is out there in, in a variety of different uh methods and methodologies and uh 
you know, I'm a litigator. That's what we do. But but in order to be a good litigator, you also have to know how to settle cases. And we are absolutely uh, trying to be at the cutting edge of uh, of those alternative dispute resolution methods. Uh, again, it's the client's case, and we want to do uh, we want to assist the client to handle it in the in the way that they want to see it handled. And um, that's that's uh, I think the best approach. All right, Roy Weiler, president of the ISPA, WeilerLengel.com, W-E-I-L-E-R-L-E-N-G-L-E.com. Roy, we'll talk again soon, okay? I look forward to it, John. Thanks very much. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. All right, we're going to wrap things up next here on WGN.